The presenting sponsor of Behind the Beak is Down in Front Productions. DIFP is a video production company located in Birmingham, Alabama that strives to provide high-quality video services for your business or event at very competitive prices with a personal approach. They specialize in sporting events, weddings, and business videography, but also provide recording and video editing work for other events such as seminars, commercials, and concerts. Give Dustin and the crew a call at 205-588-0868 or visit them at difpbham.com. That's difpbham.com to see how they can help you. Down in Front Productions, the presenting sponsor of Behind the Beat. Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Now, here's your host, Tyler Brown. Hello, everyone, and welcome into Behind the Beat, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. I'm Tyler Brown. This is episode number 21, part two, recording from my desk at home while the athletic department and university continues to practice social distancing. If you missed last week's installment, the first half of episode 21, it features assistant men's basketball coach Tommy Wade. He talks about the new signing class, his career as a coach, and the history of the Ohio Valley Conference as he grew up watching the league as a kid and eventually playing in the OVC. If you missed it, you can go back and give it a listen at any time. All previous episodes of the podcast can be streamed at jsugamecocksports.com slash podcasts on Apple Podcasts and on Spotify. We hope that you've been able to follow along with us on social media with the Gamecock Madness Bracket Challenge helping us to decide Jacksonville State's top Division I moment of the past 25 years. We're posting a new poll each day for you to vote on, and we're currently sending teams into the Elite Eight. There's plenty of time to hop on board and vote for your favorite moment. You can vote by visiting us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. All three accounts can be found by searching at JSU Gamecocks. Also online, we're publishing stories daily to JSUGamecocksports.com. Be sure to check out the website each day for new stories, interviews, and features with your favorite JSU student athletes and coaches. For this week's episode, we complete our conversation with Coach Tommy Wade. In the second half to last week's episode, he tells his incredible story of survival. Wade recently celebrated the 15th anniversary of beating cancer, and he is now just six years removed from surviving a complicated heart attack that left him with third-degree burns across his body. It's a fantastic story from the assistant coach, an uplifting story of positivity, and I think you'll enjoy it. Here is assistant coach Tommy Wade. Coach, you mentioned just a few seconds ago as you were talking about Coach Harper and your career through uh, being assistant coach, you mentioned that you had had some health problems, and you know they call Cal Ripken Jr. the Iron Man, but they've never met you. Coach, you are a cancer survivor, survived a heart attack that comes with an almost unreal story. I'd, I'd love to delve into that. First, I believe beating cancer was the first thing you did. Is that correct? That is correct, Tyler, and, and thank you for asking. And, you know, every day is a blessing for me. I mean, I feel like I'm the most blessed man alive. I mean, uh, just last week, just last week, uh, April 21st, and, and, and uh, it's a day that I always remember. And I actually have a tattoo on my arm. 
that always reminds me of that uh, April 21st of 2005, which is 15 years ago. I was working for Coach Harper uh, at Kentucky Wesleyan, and I was diagnosed with colon cancer stage four. And obviously, I was I was shocked. Uh, and, you know, I've always tried to. Uh, I've always been very active. I've always tried to take care of myself. You know, exercise and running, and you know, continue playing basketball and running everything and all of that. And, and I was diagnosed with colon cancer uh, in 2005. Stage four, and so that was uh, that was a tough day. That was, and that's a day that I'll always remember. And so I was diagnosed in in Owensboro, Kentucky, working for Coach Harper, and uh, went through uh, surgery. They removed the tumor uh, in April of 2005, and then um, starting in June of 2005, I had to go through eight months of, of chemotherapy. And Coach Harper had actually took the job at Oklahoma City University in May of 2005. We just completed our season at Kentucky Westland, and he took a job at Oklahoma City, and he took the job and actually uh, came to Oklahoma City in May of 2005. Well, I was diagnosed with cancer in April, and first of all, I didn't know if I was going to you know, live. I was, it was stage four. And second of all, I didn't know if I would ever be able to coach again. Didn't know how it would affect me physically and mentally. And I started my chemo in, in June, June 1st of 2005 and went through very uh, intense chemo treatments. I would get chemo treatments uh, twice a month for 48 straight hours. And it was very intense, very hard, uh, took a toll on me. But uh, I wanted to continue to coach, and Coach Harper had moved to Oklahoma City. But we stayed in contact every day. And then, during, you know, initially when I was diagnosed, he was there for me at the hospital uh, when I had the surgery. And then when, I, when, I, when he moved, you know, he said, hey, I want you to come with me. And this was in May, and, and again, I didn't know if I could do the job, and didn't know, you know, what was ahead of me. And, and uh, so, Coach Harper stayed very patient and stayed with me. And I actually felt uh, well enough that I wanted to, to to make the move. So I actually moved to Oklahoma City uh, in August of 2005 after going through chemo in June and July in Kentucky, uh, packed my bags and moved to Oklahoma City. And obviously got there and got a, got a new cancer doctor, started my chemo treatments, and finished my chemo treatments that year in December of 2005. And it was very hard. Uh, you know, I was, I was trying, I was at practice every day at Oklahoma City University when I was going to school. It was very hard on me. It took a toll on me. It fatigued me. I was physically, uh, you know, worn down from the chemo and lost a lot of weight. But I, 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 was, you know, I learned through being a basketball coach all these years, there's a lot of adversity in all our lives. And it's how you handle adversity. 
And, you know, thank God that um, uh, my girlfriend was with me, and she was a nurse, and, and she helped me get through it. And then I had so many people in Kentucky and my friends throughout the country, my new friends in Oklahoma, uh, obviously Coach Harper and Shannon and his family in Kentucky. You know, they were always there for me. Everybody kept me in their prayers. And through, you know, uh, being a man of faith and, 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 you know, understanding that, you know, I'm going to do everything I possibly can to beat this. And with, 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 with prayers and with friends and with people that cared about you that were there for you. And then my, our team at, at Oklahoma City that year, all those players on our team, and I didn't know those guys. I didn't recruit any of them and didn't know them. But when I got on campus in, in April or, excuse me, in August of 05, got to know them, and they knew my story. They knew what I was going through. They would see me in practice. Uh, when I had when I had a belt around me and I had a port and chemo was running through my body during practice, I mean because I went through 48 hours of chemo and I would go to practice with chemo running through my body, and the players knew what I was going through and they were always there to support me. And so, you know, and then obviously having Coach Harper, and Coach Harper would know when, when I would be feeling really bad, and he would tell me to go home. But for Ray, for Coach Harper and, and for his wife to be there for me during that, that, that time in my life when I didn't know if I could live, if I was going to live, I didn't know if I was going to ever coach again. Uh, and so, I, you know, and, and thank God I've been um, – I've been cancer-free now for 15 years. So I'm a very, very blessed person. And, you know, I thank God every day for giving me more life and for, and, for, and for leading me to Jacksonville State and for putting me around good people. And obviously, Coach Harper knows my health. You know, I have to go to the doctors. I've got doctors in Birmingham, doctors in Anderson, doctors in, in Oxford that I have to see now. And Coach Harper knows when I have to go for checkups and all those appointments. He understands that. But, you know, it's, 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 it's part of life that, you know, I, that I've had to deal with. And you know what? I never think about it a whole lot. I just do my job. I love my job. And when you're around good people that support you every day, that's, that's truly a blessing. And, and, and I feel like I've had that, you know, in my four years at Jacksonville State. So that was that was a, a very rough time in my life, but uh, you know, again, we're talking about Coach Harper and, 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 and him being there for me during that that critical critical time in my life. And more important, I think, the support. I mean, he could have hired somebody else, but he waited for me. I was diagnosed in April of '05. Didn't move to Oklahoma City till August. Ray moves to to Oklahoma City in May, and he's basically on his own. We, we, It was just me and Ray. We did not have another assistant coach. So, you know, for, for Ray to stay with me and to support me and to want me there with him uh, speaks volumes of his of him as a, as a person. So, you know, I got through that, and then obviously I've had other health issues since then, but, you know, that's, that's the story of, of – 
of uh, kind of what I went through with my cancer. And again, Viner, that was uh, uh, last week, you know, April the 21st was, was the 15th year, uh, the 15-year anniversary of, of being diagnosed with colon cancer and, you know, being cancer-free basically for 15 years. And you talked about that you, you try to stay active, you try to stay healthy, you did a lot of running, you played basketball, and it just so happened that there was one day, this was when you were at Oklahoma State, you're outside running on campus, it's a very hot day in Stillwater, and you suffer a heart attack and you go down in front of the police department there on campus. Take me through that entire scene because that, you know, hearing the stories of that, Seeing what it did to your body, uh, it, it it's really an amazing story, and I know you know that you, you are very open about that. And I don't know that a lot of our listeners, a lot of our fans, know that story. I know the Anderson Star did a cover of it not very long ago. Joe Medley wrote that one, but it's just an amazing story that I think has to be heard from you straight from your mouth. Well, again, Tyler, again, that's that's um, another uh, blow that I was dealt. And again, you know, it's how you deal with adversity in your life. And, you know, I get through the cancer. You know, I'm diagnosed with colon cancer in 05. And I get through that. And, you know, I'm, I'm just like you said, I'm, I feel great. I'm, I'm, you know, I take a job in, in 2008 at Oklahoma State. So actually, I'm in Stillwater and. You know, uh, I'm excited. I'm in the Big 12, you know, at a high-level program. I'm working for Travis Ford, who is another Kentucky guy that, and another OVC guy who goes to Eastern Kentucky and work for him. And, you know, uh, I, I, at that time in my life, I was a, a very avid runner. I was running probably three to five miles five or six days a week every day, whether it was 20 degrees or whether it was 100 degrees. And in 2015, I had just gotten back from the Final Four. The Final Four that year was in Indianapolis. And just, I've, I, you know, I, I've, I've been to 29 straight Final Fours. This year would have been number 30 in Atlanta. And so just got back. I just flew into Oklahoma City. And got my car and drove to Stillwater. And I had, you know, when, when you're at the Final Four, you spend a lot of time with your friends. And actually, I had spent a lot of time with Ray at that Final Four in 2015 when he was, he was the head coach at Western Kentucky. I spent a lot of time with him at the Final Four. And just got back in Oklahoma City, and I hadn't ran in about five days. I didn't do any of that while I was at the Final Four. I got back to Oklahoma City, drove to Stillwater. And got back, you know, uh, in the early afternoon. I hadn't ran. So I went to, um, later that afternoon, I, I went to uh, our coach's locker room there at OSU and changed to put in my running gear and took off for my run. And I had about three or four different routes that I would take in Stillwater. Basically, they were on campus. One of them was towards the airport at Stillwater. One of them was around campus. One of them was around town. Well, that particular day, uh, I guess I ran the, the, the correct route. <laughs> uh, but, but anyway, that particular day, it was uh, early April, you know, when the Final Four was over. But it was a very warm day 
uh, in Oklahoma. Very, very warm day. I, I, it was the warmest day of the year so far. Well, I take off the road, and I'm uh, and, and and I'm about uh, halfway through my my run, and I collapse uh, from a heart attack on campus there at Oklahoma State, and uh, I collapse right in front of the Oklahoma State. University Police Department, and a student actually saw me go down, and she runs in and, and tells the, 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 the people, the, the officers, where well, they come out and they start their CPR, uh, and, and, and again, I, I don't remember any of this now. I mean, people ask me, what's the last thing you remember? I do remember that particular day going and changing clothes in the, in the in the coach's locker room. I do remember that. And I remember the route that I ran. And then that was the end of it. I don't remember uh, collapsing from the heart attack. I don't remember being life-lighted. I don't remember. I was in the hospital basically uh, for 40 days before I woke up. But anyway, uh, I, I, I collapsed right in front of the police department. Uh, they come out, they, they start the CPR, they call the paramedics, they come, they use the, the defibrillator, uh, my heart had stopped beating, uh, and, and they got my heart beating again, and then I was trans, transferred to Stillwater Medical Center, and then I was life-lighted on a helicopter to Oklahoma City to the Oklahoma Heart Hospital, which I spent, you know, the next 10 days there, and then I was transferred to another hospital. Well, anyway, while I'm laying on that pavement, and again, as I talked earlier, it was a very warm day. As I lay on that pavement there in Stillwater on campus, I sustained third-degree burns. It was a very warm day, and the temperature uh, of that particular day, and it was late afternoon when I was running, and the temperature was in the uh, high 80s, but the asphalt, the temperature was well over 130 degrees and I sustained third degree burns on the back of my arms the my entire back the back of my head and I, I sustained these very very severe burns well anyway I get life-lighted to the, the heart hospital I had one stent that was, or one artery that was completely blocked. They go in and, and, and they, they, they take care of that. I was in a medically induced coma for eight days, not knowing if I'm going to live or not, uh, not knowing if I'm going to have any, um, my mind, is my mind going to be okay? They didn't know how much oxygen. They didn't know from the time that they, they started the defibrillators if, you know, how long I'd been laying there. I mean, so there was a lot of question marks whether if I'm going to be okay, if I'm going to be a vegetable, if I'm going to have any remembrance of anything. And so anyway, I'm in, a, I'm in a medically induced coma for eight days at the heart hospital. Uh, they basically take care of my heart, but I've got all these burns. Uh, they have to get that taken care of because the longer they wait on that, the more they're concerned about the infection. And so uh, after eight days in the uh, being in a medically induced coma, dealing with my heart, then I actually turned for the worst. I actually got pneumonia in the hospital. And as you know, when you're, when you're 
get pneumonia in the hospital, that's that's um, that's that can be very critical, and, and you know that can that can be a major problem. Well, then I got better from that. Well, finally they transported me to a burn unit at Baptist Hospital in Oklahoma City after they had uh, basically put a stent in my heart. Well, I was sent to the bone unit, and I was burned so severely on my back, back of my, excuse me, the back of my arms. I was burned my left elbow all the way to the bone. And they, I, there was three different surgeries for the burns. And they had to take skin grafts off both my legs and on, on my butt and the lower part of my uh, back. They had to use all the skin grafts uh, basically to uh for my burns and because they were so severe and so i was actually out uh i did not remember anything for 40 days i was out for 40 days between being the medically induced coma having pneumonia uh having the burns and three different surgeries in the burns and i remember waking up on may the 17th and that's another very important day in my life I woke up May 17th. This was in 2015, and I had no. I woke up in the hospital, at Baptist Hospital in Oklahoma City, and uh, my girlfriend, who was a nurse, who had been with me through all of this, and the, the doctors came in and basically told me what I had happened because I didn't remember any of it. And so from that point forward, I had to. Uh, basically, I'm on my back for 40 days, so I have to learn to function again. I have to learn to walk again. And I started uh, the, the physical, um, the rehab people came in and they would get me up and I would actually wheelchair my way down the hallways so I could use my arms again. And then I went from a wheelchair to a walker where I would walk like 10 steps. And I would be solely at that point. I was so fatigued and out of energy. I had to go back to bed, and they would do that twice a day. And then I built up from the walker to walking on my own. And and then uh, finally, I was dismissed uh, from the hospital uh, June 1st uh, of of 2015, and came home. And I had to. Um, again, start walking with a walker uh, down the streets. And then I would go, uh, when I was strong enough, I would go, uh, starting in July of that year, I started going to cardio rehab because I had to have rehab for my heart. So in the mornings, I would go to cardio rehab and, you know, get on uh treadmill at a very slow pace and try to get my heart rate up. And then I would go home and uh, lay down and rest. And then at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, I would go to Jim Thorpe Rehab, which is a different rehab for my burns because I could not lift my arms over my head. Uh, and so I had to learn to use my hands and, and, and lift my arms. And I went through a rehab there for the burns for six weeks. I was doing that five days a week. In the morning, I would go to cardio rehab for my heart. In the afternoon, I went to rehab for my burns. 
explained when, when, when I would go back with my checkups with my burn doctor, and initially my burn doctor told me, I, I remember one of the first questions that I asked her was, when can I go back to work? She knew I was a basketball coach at Oklahoma State. And uh, she said, probably, you know, it's going to take you 10 months to a year to get back to being able to function and to be able to do things uh, that you had been doing before. And I remember I told her, uh, our first game was November the 7th, and this was in 2015. And again, this happened in April. And, and I told her my goal was to be back for our first game by November the 7th, so which was basically seven months. And she said, well, you know, if you're going to – that's 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 probably quicker than uh, you can do this. She said, you're going to have to have no setbacks, and you're going to have to work your butt off in rehab. And so, again – Tyler, I think when you when you have been going through when you've gone through issues that I've gone through as a basketball coach, you know you've beaten cancer 15 or 10 years earlier, and you've you've dealt with adversity in your life. You, you coach, so there's a lot of ups and downs. And the thing is, coaches is we always preach is being positive, and staying positive, and staying motivated. And so I learned. Uh, another lesson of if I'm going to be back, you know, you set goals for yourself. And, and if I'm going to be back by that first game, November the 7th, you got a lot of work to do and you got to do everything possible. And so I worked extremely hard. And again, I had no setbacks. You know, my girlfriend made sure that my sheets were clean at the house. And, uh, you know, she bathed me and took care of me because when you have burns, the biggest concern is infection. And I never had any infection. I never had any setbacks. And every day at rehab, I, I remember my physical therapist, who I'm very good friends with here in Oklahoma City, and stay in contact with him. And I wanted him to push me every day. I wanted him to make me do extra reps. You know, when I couldn't, when I couldn't lift a weight uh, or I wanted to go to another weight, you know, I made him push me because my goal was to be back for our first basketball game. And while I was in the hospital, I, I, you know, Coach Harper and Shannon stayed in contact with me. And they would call Jeannie and they would call Travis. And all of my friends uh, from coaching would stay in contact with me. And then, you know, Coach Ford at, at, at Oklahoma State, he was very protective of me. He, he kept me, uh, not many people even knew I, I, what hospital I was in in Oklahoma City because I was in such critical condition that I didn't need guests and I didn't need visitors. And so uh, I, I had, again, the support of great friends, my family, uh, my girlfriend, I had great support of, of so many people, and, and, and again, I was on so many people's prayer list at church, and so it got me through all this. And so, yes, I have no. I, I like to share my story because I think it's 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 a story of you know staying positive. It's a story of having faith. It's a story of believing in yourself, 
it's a story of learning to deal with, you know, any kind of adversity in your life. You have one or two choices. Either you can fight through it or you give up. And I was not going to give up. And, you know, so I've, I've had, uh, I've, I've, I've had cancer and beaten that stage four. I've had a heart attack and, and beaten that. I've been severely burned and have overcome that. And, and you know what? Those burns are still, they still affect me today. It's been five years ago. It was, it was five years ago on April the 5th. So April's been a month that I've had, had I've had uh, a lot of health issues, and 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 I remember when I went back to uh, to Oklahoma State, and when I got to show up on that first day of November the seventh, and 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 the coaches at Oklahoma State did not know I wanted to surprise everybody. Nobody knew when I was going to come back. I mean, during that summer, you know, in June and July and August. You know, Coach Ford would come to my house and see me, and the players at Oklahoma State would text me and call me and just think about me. And that fall, you know, there's those those Saturdays when we would have recruits in on campus. You know, I knew the recruits that would come in, and and I was missing out on all that in those Saturday afternoon football games in Stillwater. All the things that you look forward to as a coach. In your, in your workouts in the summer that you miss out on, the workouts that your team starts when school starts that you miss out on. But I had those coaches, friends, my coaching friends, and the players at Oklahoma State would always keep me updated on everything. So I really knew it was going on, but actually I wasn't physically on campus at Oklahoma State. But I was chomping at the bits to get back, to be back with the team, to be back with doing my my job, and you know, and it made it motivated me so much to get healthy and to put myself in position to get back to work and and to have that goal of to be there for the first game. And uh, that day that I showed up for the first when I walked in the office, I mean, everybody was uh, it was it was a very special day for me because everybody was excited to see me from players to coaches to managers to secretaries to athletic director to the people in the building there that knew what I had gone through and they had, you know, kept me in their prayers and and, and helped me get through it. So I had great, great support. So over the years that I've had health issues, I've been very blessed. I have friends, colleagues, players, that have all uh, been there for me and helped me. And, uh, you know, my girlfriend was always there for me and, and helped me get through everything. So I'm truly blessed to have all that. And, and uh, you know, it, it's kind of got me through a lot of things, a lot of things, you know, we all go through in life. And, you know, I just, you know, I, I guess my attitude is, you know, you just got to, you're going to be dealt with things uh, that maybe, you know, it's sometimes you ask yourself, why me? Why did I have to go through cancer? Why did I have to go through a heart attack? Why did I get burned? And those burns are still kind of a, nobody really knows why I was, was burned so bad. There's been a lot of you know, theories of why my burns were as bad as they were. 
Uh, I mean, yes, it was a hot day. Yes, I was laying on hot pavement. But still, doctors were like, they'd never seen this before. They'd never seen somebody be burned as bad as I was. And, you know, but, and I remember one of my doctors, this is, this is pretty amazing when he told me this. One of my doctors in, in Oklahoma City told me, he said, Coach Wayne, he said, you're in 1% of the people in the world that would survive what you went through. 1%. And basically, he's talking about you being having a heart attack and the burns. And when it happened, and, 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 and you had good medical people that just only can still water when, they, when, the, when the emergency room doctor said he needs to be at the heart hospital now. And they rushed me on a helicopter to, to Oklahoma City and, and then getting through that being eight days in a medically induced coma and then having pneumonia and then not knowing, you know, if, if, if you're going to come out of this you know, being normal again. And so, you know, everything, there was so many odds against me. And everything, you know, being, uh, knowing that, you know, being a man of faith and knowing that, you know, God had a lot to do with that. And, 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 and prayers had a lot to do with that. And people's support had a lot to do with that. And attitude had a lot to do with that. I mean, your attitude is everything. And that's something we preach to our players about attitude. You know, there's games that you play bad. There's games that, you know, um, there's, there's days you get, you know, you, there's injuries that happen. And how are you going to deal with it? And so, you know, I, I think that I've been an example. I hope I've been an example. You know, some people over the years, that, you know, you can't ever give up, man. I mean, you know, well, you can't give up. I mean, you know, you, you have one or two options fight like hell and I think that's the attitude that I've always had and you know and, and then I, I've, I've had so much support so much support over the years and that means a lot so you know I'm, I'm truly blessed and for a lot of reasons and uh, but that's that's kind of the health issues that I've dealt with in my life and uh, you know I've got you know right now I've got good doctors there in Alabama that I go see and get checkups for all my health issues. And, uh, you know, there's medication that I have to take and I have to be more. But, you know, that's part of life. And, uh, and then I'm around again. I'm around people, you know, our coaching staff there at Jacksonville State, the people in the building that, that, that Pete Matthews calls in, they know my story. They know what I've gone through. And so they understand. And, and I know this past year, Back in uh, in November, you know, we just got back from our first road trip to SMU, and I had to go back to the hospital there in Aniston, and I had to get another stent uh, put in. I had a heart cath, and, uh, you know, when I woke up, the whole coaching staff at Jacksonville State came. Uh, that night, Greg Sykes came to see me at the hospital. So that, that those things mean a lot to you when you've got people that you work with that, that support you and are there for you. And that means a lot. So I'm, 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 I'm blessed to, to, to have all that, to have all the people that have supported me through the years and all my health issues, Tyler. Coach, when we go on the road, we get to go on so many great trips, uh, a lot of flying trips and 
when we're in the airports, you know, we run into some people here and there, some celebrities. Um, just a couple examples. You know, last year we ran into pro wrestler Ric Flair and then uh, comedian actor Chris Tucker was in Indianapolis. But um, of all of those meetings that we've had with famous people like that and the pictures that get taken, probably my favorite is of you and Robin Roberts. We were in Chicago, and you ran into her. And, you know, for those who don't know, Robin Roberts uh, was a sportscaster on ESPN for 15 years, um, hosts Good Morning America now, and she uh, went into the Women's Basketball Hall of Fame, is also a cancer survivor, and we've got a picture of you two together. What did you two share in that moment, both being cancer survivors and, you know, having, having that in common? That was a great day. We were we had just left. Uh, uh, I think we had just left Penn State, and we were going to play Bradley or, or Bradley going to Penn State. Uh, we were on a road trip. We were in the Chicago airport. We all know how huge that is. And, and uh, walking through the airport, and we were stopping, looking to get something to eat. And Robin and and, and, and Robin Roberts from there. And so I did go over there and introduce myself to her. And, told her I was a big fan of hers and for what she had gone through and uh, told her that I was a cancer survivor. So when I told her that, you know, we, she, she was very gracious and uh, we spent about 10 or 15 minutes talking about uh, my experience of going through cancer and her experience of going through cancer. And then she also told me that uh, when she was a player, um, at southeastern Louisiana, she actually had played at Jacksonville State. And so she had been in the Pete Matthews Coliseum. She had told me that. She said, oh, yeah, when I was in college, because she knew, you know, I told her I was at Jacksonville State, and, 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 uh, and she had said that she had played there. So I thought that was really, really, really cool. But for her uh, to be able to take time, and spend with me for there in the airport. She was busy going somewhere. We were busy, but that was a very special uh, moment for me. And, and obviously uh, she was gracious to let, you know, we took a nice picture and, you know, I, obviously I had to put that on Facebook. And so that was really, really cool. And, and got so much uh, comments on that and, and, and so much great response from so many people, my friends, but that was a great day, and, and, and to meet her, and to hear her story, uh, and for her to listen to my story. Uh, she is quite a woman, and you know, you know, you, you, you love people like her that have what she went through, and for her to, you know, what she's accomplished in her career, uh, very, very special. So that was, and like you said, we, you know, when you're in these major airports that we're in, uh, you never know who you're going to see. And, you know, this year, like you said, meeting Ric Flair, that was pretty cool. Um, you know, that was really, really cool. We had a picture with the whole team with him, and uh, that was that was pretty neat. And uh, so, you know, that, that's, that's, a, that's a great story, Tyler, and I'm glad you brought that up. Well, Coach, we're rolling up on year number five. We've got a lot of road trips ahead of us. Um, I'm very lucky to call you a friend, and I greatly appreciate you coming on the podcast today telling your story, and I know our fans are really going to love it. Tyler, you know, uh, you've been great with us. We appreciate, you know, you, and, and like I said, 
as when we first got started, it's hard to believe it's it's we're going on year five. It's really hard to believe that. I mean, again, it just talks about how time flies, and every day is every day is a blessing. And for me personally, uh, you know, my 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 four years, uh, June first will be my first day on the job. So I'll be celebrating four years this coming June first of being officially a Gamecock. And uh, I've loved every minute of it. And I appreciate your friendship. I appreciate all the help that you give us in our men's basketball program. We're very proud of what we've accomplished. And, you know, hopefully we can continue to, to build our winning culture. And thank you for, you know, for calling me today and, and letting me share some of my story about my health issues and about being a part of Gamecock basketball in my history. And, and uh, again, thanks for everything. And go Gamecocks. T, I really appreciate that. Like you're talking about time flies. It feels like yesterday we were cutting down nets in Nashville, and I hope that we can cut down some nets in Evansville very soon. That's the goal. Let's do it again. Thanks, Tyler. That'll do it for this week's edition of Behind the Beak. Hope that you and yours are healthy, and I'll talk to you again next week. I'll be back Tuesday with a brand-new episode and another new guest. With that, I'm Tyler Brown saying thank you for listening, and go Gamecocks. This has been Behind the Beak, the official podcast of Jacksonville State Athletics. Look for new episodes each week or browse the archives on the Apple Podcast app or by visiting JSUGamecockSports.com. For more on Jacksonville State Athletics, visit the official website of the Gamecocks, JSUGamecockSports.com, and follow JSU on social media by searching at JSUGamecocks on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram.